This is Talking Business. I'm joined now by Laura Keeley, who's the founder and managing director of Emediation. G'day, Laura. Delighted to be here. Thank you, Alan. Now, um, Emediation, it's a law disruptor, it law is. disruption business. What is it? What are you doing? Well, I'm at the bar, Alan. I'm some barrister of the Victorian bar, and I could tell from my practice that there was something that was more was required. And a lot of people are struggling to get legal solutions at a reasonable price. So Is that the problem you're trying to solve, just the, the, the sort of the price? Well, it's more than that. It's actually giving people an alternative pathway to resolve their disputes online. So that ecosystem doesn't currently exist. And so we're giving people an entirely new ecosystem where they can create a claim, submit it to the other side, exchange information, and then have it resolved with one of our panel members who we helicopter in, if you like, virtually, uh, who might be a highly trained mediator or arbitrator to help them resolve it as early as possible. So is it more than online mediation? It is. Well, it's developing into a platform which is holistic. So it's either mediation, arbitration or expert determination. But that platform doesn't currently exist where people can actually create their claim and have it transmitted to the other side in a very non-aggressive way um, and then come together with a highly experienced expert to help them resolve it. All online? All online, 100% online. So tell us what you've built. How does it work? So the way it works is that you just go into the cloud. You don't have to download any software and you create a free account and then create a claim on the platform. Uh, A claim? A claim. Against somebody else? Yes. Right. So let's just say we're in a trading relationship between customer and supplier. The customer has an issue. They haven't been paid. So they go onto the platform, they create a claim. This presumably is after ringing up the... the well, it can be instead of. It can be instead of ringing up. All oh, right. So we can do everything. Answer some very straightforward questions in plain English, which cut to the heart of the matter. The platform then lets the other side know that there is an issue and invites them to respond and indeed invites them to submit a counterclaim if they have one. So the supplier might say, well, I haven't paid your invoice because you didn't deliver the goods and then they submit their counterclaim. And all of this takes place in a very non-aggressive way, so it's treating it like a commercial problem to be resolved. And then we appoint a mediator, or indeed arbitrator, from our panel of experts, which includes former judges, top-tier firm partners, and career mediators. And then we bring them together in an online room to resolve the dispute. Live? Yes, live. Right. And so what is that? Is that, is that a chat room in, se- in a sense? So are, people, are, are people kind of talking or are they typing? They're talking. So we've built what we think is a pretty unusual bespoke video conference platform. And so what it does is enable the mediator or arbitra- arbitrator to control the proceedings in a way that they would in real life if you were physically meeting. So you might have your lawyer in a different state or indeed a different country from the party and the mediator can put them in a room by themselves and chat to them separately, or they can have everybody there in, um, in plenary session. They can chat to the parties via text without visually seeing them, and the settlement deed can be done on the screen. Very, very basic um, right. template for the uploading of information into a settlement agreement, which then can be done on the, on the spot. Right. Hmm. So um, who pays and how much do they pay and when do they pay? They pay once there has been agreement between the sides to either mediate or arbitrate, and the fee is based on the value of the claim or the counterclaim. 
So it's always going to be commercial and proportionate to the value of your dispute. A percentage? A percentage. What's the percentage? So if you're, the best way of thinking about it is there's a flag fall and a small percentage, which varies. It actually decreases as the claim gets, gets larger. But for a $1 million dispute, it's $5,000. Right. That's the flag fall. No, that's the whole fee. That's the whole fee, right. Mm. And how much would it be if it was a million-dollar dispute, you know, in the normal course of events? Well, we've done some research. If came to you as a barrister. We've done some research, Alan, that shows that we're cutting the potential cost by up to 98%, and that's based on some pilot client data we collected from general counsel about how much they spend on trying to bottom out claims in the courts and tribunals, and we think that we're saving a considerable amount of money. So that $5,000 fee would be approximately what you'd spend generally in the first conference with your lawyer and getting the initial advice on how to proceed. But are you getting decent mediators for that sort of money? Yes. Yeah. So we have former judges, we have top-tier firm lawyers, we have mediators and arbitrators, and it's up to them whether they accept a particular brief, but what we're saying to you is we will have somebody who's highly trained for that money, yes. And the reason being that what you're doing is focusing in on the key issues, on the core problem, and not all of the other process that goes around a court claim or a tribunal claim. So you're really focusing in on the heart of the issue, and that's how we manage to do it for a reasonable, accessible price. So how much of the $5,000 do you keep, and how much do you give to the mediator? We keep 20%. And so the fee is all-encompassing for the use of the platform, our services as the administrator of the platform, for finding the mediator. If you don't like the first one, we find another one. So there's a whole lot of background that the administration does. Uh, as well as the fee of the mediator themselves. So are you the first legal disruptor that you know of? I think there have been a lot of legal disruptors, but I think it's fair to say that I'm probably the most disruptive of them all, being at the bar and being on the inside. But that gives us an advantage, which is a deep domain expertise that I guess doesn't exist if you're simply a technologist. Not that they don't have fantastic skills. They do. But when you have deep knowledge of the industry and the issues that can arise and can look around corners, I think it it makes it a much more compelling proposition. And what is it in your background that's led to this, apart from you being a barrister? Well, Alan, I think it's because I was a mergers and acquisitions lawyer first for 15 years. And so I was in the very much mindset of a win-win, positive deal-making environment. And I'd always wanted to be an advocate and dreamed of going to the bar. And I love being on my feet and talking to the judges and engaging academically with the law in that way. But there was just this constant problem, which was that people couldn't resolve their disputes. And to me, the the commercial side of my brain thought this has got to change. We've got to have a forum where people can resolve their disputes more amicably, more commercially. And so I think it's the combination of M&A lawyer and barrister that's led this, led me down this pathway. Um, left field kind of question. Do you think your platform could be used in family law? It's not left of field. It's next on the list, Alan. There you are. So, yes, absolutely. We see that as a massive opportunity. It does seem to me that this opportunity. is this is where a lot of cost is causing a lot of problem. That's right. And there's a two-year wait in the family court. Hmm. And you need to, in fact, get a certificate before you're allowed, a ticket to ride in the family court, a certificate to say you've tried to mediate. So we think that there's a gap to be plugged there in enabling particularly women, to be very serious about it, women who can't disclose their location, women who need to be kept separate um, from their husbands in some instances to actually do this in a very safe way. No, I can imagine your platform would be 
um, most used in family law, you know, than com- more used in family law than commercial law, I imagine. Potentially. And there are a lot of other applications on the cusp of consumers, such as employment, so disputes between employers and employees. The construction industry is another huge one, I think, where people are constantly engaged in ongoing disruptive litigation, which could be avoided if there was a forum for them to resolve their disputes more amicably and in an ongoing way, rather than just at the end when the building's fallen down or or indeed has been built. I I must say, I do think that it it, uh, would be appealing for a lot of people to be able to mediate without actually having to face the the person who they've got a dispute with. That's right. And it's not that a lot of businesses are actually a bit like families, and I've worked on a lot of business breakups, corporate divorces, if you like, where there is a lot of emotion in get involved between you know directors and shareholders breaking up or business partners. And in fact, a lot of those overtones of the family law environment actually apply to business too. So I think where you have somebody you just need to resolve something with, this is the perfect platform for it. And what about the mediation as a business? Um, uh, have you raised money? We've yet? raised, yes. We've raised $1.8 million, including the federal government grant, Accelerate, Accelerating Commercialisation Grant, which we were very fortunate to receive. Right. How much was that for? 300 mm. and, So we had to match that 300 I see. And the government puts you through your paces in making sure that every dollar is accounted for and it's going to be well spent and the business is going to be successful. So it was it was a huge journey to get that grant. Um, is that going to be enough, $1.8 or are you going to have to raise some more? I we'll be raising well, some more. Much. No, it's not. And we, we got a very long way on the first half a million before we went to external seed. So we've we've done pretty well, I think, to get to a fully fledged running business uh, on such a small amount of money, particularly given the seniority of the executives that I have. I have a COO with 25 years as a general counsel. I've got an executive director of commercial who's KPMG background and management consultant, as well as a whole heap of engineers in Australia, in LA and in the Philippines. So it's it's a pretty big outfit and we probably will need to, to do a big round, I think, to really take it to its full potential. How much of the business do you still own? I still own around half. Right. Which is good. And, I'm very um, pleased with that. I suppose the next round, you might that might have to come down. It will. It will. And people say that to me. I'm actually not that bothered about how much I own. I'm more interested in it getting off the ground because, as you would know, in disrupting a very conservative traditional industry, it's, it's quite a long journey and there's a lot of upfront capital and investment required. We liken it a little bit to a mining investment where there's a, you know, a lot of upfront investment that needs to, to go into convincing that industry to change how it behaves. But once we do, then I think it's, it's a greenfields opportunity. Are, are your investors other lawyers? There's a combination of people who are lawyers or have had an interest of one kind or another in the legal industry. In some cases, they're accountants or finance people who have been ancillary to law and have seen some of the train wrecks that can arise. And then there's really good business people that understand the opportunity to really disrupt and um, assist, I guess, the legal business to transition from its current state, which is um, starting to slightly, you know, um, change to a really fully fledged um, technologically advanced industry. Mm. Fascinating. Well, I wish you all the best, Laura. Thank you very much, Alan. Thanks for coming in. Be I've been talking to Laura Keeley, who is the founder and managing director of Immediation.